0: This morning it's gonna be a little bit different in the sense that I'm gonna provide um, a little bit of a ministry update. This is something that we do generally every quarter, and it just helps us as a church family to stay connected with one another and aware of what's of what's going on and so um, what's different about the the update this time is that I get to do it in person which is awesome I'm so glad that we get this opportunity to connect here in person uh, and and that's not something obviously that we've been able to do during uh, the pandemic so it's great to be able to be back and um, it would appear that we've made it through the worst of the pandemic and um, and there's just there's really no one, obviously, that is, has not been affected in some way by the pandemic, and, and our church uh, is no different. Our own church community has been affected as well, and and um, it's it's obviously in many ways just disrupted everything that we that we do. And, and the church is a family. I already mentioned that, but for over a year we haven't been able to act like that. We haven't had that opportunity for that relational interaction to take place, and so. Uh, as the relational entity that we are, that's been strained, and, and it's taken a toll on our, on our church family. And so, um, throughout the pandemic, we, of course, we did what we could. We pivoted to virtual everything. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, but unfortunately, it's not the same. That's not how the church was, was intended to be, and it was tough. And then we were finally able to gather in person. We were first uh, outdoors at the neighbor's place over here, and then when we lost that venue. And then some time went by before we were able to, to gather together again inside. But we followed all the rules. We had very strict health protocols, which many are still in place still today. And and we're, we're happy. We are, our goal was to make sure that no spread of COVID took place at our gatherings. And I'm happy to say that that hasn't taken place. You know, no one got sick at our gatherings. And we're, we're, we're very thankful for that. But it's crazy, you know, like here we are again. And we're still here. We're still you know, we have still have a presence. There's a lot of churches that have shut down over the last year and a bit, and there's been a lot of pastors that have stepped out of ministry, and, and uh, just to see the dissolving of churches, and, and, and even my pastor friends, like, trying to shepherd their, the people in their church into other churches or whatever, it's just been sort of surreal to see and weird to see but it just makes me so grateful for where we're at as a church that we still have the, the ability to come together like this. But just because we survived uh, you know, the pandemic and we're still able to gather like this, it doesn't mean that things are you know, returning to normal. And it doesn't mean we're going to return to normal. Maybe, maybe some things, Need to change, but uh, in some ways, we're still in the recovery phase. Like, we're still sort of figuring out what does it look like to gather again as a church community. And, you know, obviously, the chairs are still set up in a certain way that sort of, sort of still allows for social distancing, and, and there's masks, and there's che- uh, temperature checks at the door, and there's a registration, and then there's all these things that are still in place. And so, we're still sort of recovering from, from the pandemic. And, and in many ways, we're also going to be hitting and have been hitting reset. Of, like, as we come through this, what does it look like for us to be a church again? What are the things that God is calling us to? And last Sunday at our prayer night, um, we started off by just talking about. Uh, what kind of church that we wanted to be a part of uh, a part of and then and then that led into a time of confession and repentance, and we had a really it was an amazing time of just sort of like sort of recognizing some self introspection a little bit of like what we bring into this and what our our role and our responsibility is and and what do we want the church to be and and how do we play a part in helping to shape that, and it was just a great time to be able to pray together uh, as a church. But I've been hearing from people who are really wanting to, to take care of business and are excited about what is next and and who have a, a, a clearer, clearer vision about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to be a part of Collective Church and 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 um, who, do, who don't want to sort of like just go with the flow, but they, they want to grab an oar and start to row and, and contribute to how we're moving forward forward together as a church because the reality is if collective is going to be effective in our mission, if we're going to be engaging the west side in the way that we desire to, to reach people and to make disciples, it's going to take all of us working together. And there's, there's in the, what the pandemic has shown us is that there's a few areas of of areas of, of, of concern that we need to uh, pay attention to and sort of address and sort of process through. And one of those things is our volunteer situation. This is the update on that. We've had to Due to a lack of volunteers, we've had to cut ministries. We're not able to offer a children's ministry right now, which really bums me out. I don't like what that communicates to families that are part of our church or families that would be visiting our church, but it's something that's been necessary. And there's been other areas and other ministries that we've had to cut as well. And I don't know really know what's about what that is about or how to interpret that. I'm sure there are many contributing factors to that. And so maybe it's the individualism that we've been addressing on Sundays. Maybe it's just people's busy schedules. Uh, maybe it's people not prioritizing um, and valuing the gathering, and therefore that makes them unavailable to serve people while they're here. Maybe it's something else that maybe our systems are wrong. Maybe our volunteer stuff needs to change, and we've made some changes to that. And, um, and so we're, we're hoping that uh, that can be a part of the solution. But... Uh, We're looking for people who can serve just once a month, and uh, that's not a lot to ask. And so if you're not serving and you would like to serve, you'd like to be a part of the solution, we would love to provide you with the opportunity to serve other people here on our Sundays, uh, at our Sunday services. With regards to our our finances, this is another area that uh, needs some attention. The simplest way, and I struggled a little bit with the board this last uh, week, um, I'm sort of figuring out, okay, how do, how do I, what's the simplest way to borrow this down? And the best way I can think of to, to describe our financial situation is to say that we've fallen about a month and a half behind what would be considered the status quo. So what that means is the status quo, that's sort of just maintaining and just kind of just, just regular, right? We, found, we, we have fallen about a month behind that at this stage in the year. So that means... No significant ministry development. That means no additional staff can be hired, and although we, would, we need the help. And so um, that status quo is not an ideal. That status quo is not great at all, but we have fallen a month and a half behind that, just to give you some perspective on that. And so as the year goes on, of course, there's concern of like, how, we, how much we will, we will continue to fall behind by the time we reach the end of the fiscal year. The good news is that we have cash in the bank, and that's due to people faithfully giving in years past and laying that foundation for us. The problem is that we're eating into those savings. And so and they're not savings in the, in the sense that we're hoping to save them. We're happy to spend the money on ministry, but we're just going in the wrong direction right now with regards to our finances. And the other thing is, with that is that we've been disproportionately, over the years, we've been disproportionately uh, relying on the generosity of a few whose contributions make up too high of a percentage of our overall giving. And so financially speaking, that's not healthy. From a discipleship standpoint, that's not healthy either. And it indicates that people aren't, um, there's, we, what we need to grow in is sort of recognize just the fact that all that we have belongs to God, and everything that we've been given belongs to God, and he gives it to us to be good stewards and responsible stewards of those things so that we can invest them in his work. And what we want to see as from a discipleship standpoint is we have that goal of sort of growing in a realization of that, that these things belong to the Lord, and he's given them to me to steward them for his purposes. And we want that to be worked out in generosity and in giving to the Lord in a way that is proportional to the way that he provides for us. And so, if you're faithfully giving already, I just want to say thank you for that, and, and we're very, very grateful. And I would say, if you're not faithfully giving, and especially if, you're, if you consider yourself a part of this church, if you don't consider yourself a part of this church, in that respect, we have no expectations of you, and I don't want your money. But if you are a part of this church then we, sh- we need to be in this together, even as our name implies. We're collectively in this together. And so if this church has benefited your life in any way, if-, if you've been encouraged by the relationships that you have here, if you've grown in your relationship with Jesus, we would say please contribute. This is one of the ways that you can contribute so that we can continue to be here so we can impact other people's lives as well. Put yourself in other people's shoes. In the ways that you've been blessed, we want to continue to be able to, to, to bless other people. And so, but, so there, there's a segment of our church that quite honestly probably needs to reassess their giving. And it's something that my wife and I do um, at least on an annual basis. And I don't say that to, to boast. What I'm saying is that this also applies to me, that my wife and I have to have these conversations as well. It's like, what does it look like for us to live out um, generous giving and, and to give in proportion to our income and those sorts of things. So it's something that you can't set it and forget it. And that's even the danger of like, you know, those who do give who sort of set up the auto pay thing because everyone gives digitally, which is cool. Uh, but sometimes you set it and forget it and it's out of sight and out of mind. And, uh, and what you do in that moment, I, and I'm not ripping on auto pay, I do that myself, but what you don't want is there to be a detachment and a disconnection from the ways that you are giving you want to be able to see that coming out of your bank account and in that moment worship the lord that this was a priority and this matters and that his work matters and, and allow that to be an act of worship as you give but sometimes when it's on auto pay again like i said you said it and forget it and you're not mindful of it and so maybe that needs to be uh reassessed and so i would just consider or ask you to consider that the last area that we need to sort of look at is sort of how we're doing with regards to a discipleship. And that's something that has been a challenge and, and it's something that we've seen the cracks over this last year with the pandemic and it exposed all those cracks. And we want... You know, our whole aim is to, to grow people up and to help them to grow in maturity to be responsible followers of Jesus. And what we want to do is raise the level of biblical literacy because it will provide us with a, with a solid spiritual foundation for us to be able to grow up in our relationship with Jesus so that we can live for him. And so part of that involves in calling people to participate in our uh, integrated Bible engagement process that involves personal study, the Sunday gatherings, and then our discipleship groups and how those three things work together is the weekly Bible passage goes, it's on our posted on our website, at the top portion of the website every week. There's a little bar at the, at the top of the window. It's there every week. That's the, the study portion. We're doing that. We can also, we put it on Instagram. And that gives us an opportunity to sort of read through and prepare and study in advance. So we're sort of taking personal responsibility to be engaged in the word together. And that gives us a jump start on Sunday. And then on Sunday, we preach on that exact same passage. So we're sort of building on that foundation that we lay through our own personal study. And then in the week that follows, we then gather in our discipleship groups to sort of hash out and talk about, you know, what are the implications of the things that I've been been learning as I've been studying this? And what are the implications and applications of the things that, you know, how the Lord spoke to me on Sunday as we were gathered together? And the reason why this matters is because as a collective community, uh, by name and by nature as well, we want to be on board together and be sensitive and aware of how God is speaking to our community through Scripture, and that's the authority that we follow. And so as we're deeply engaging with Scripture with one another, we can disciple one another in that process. And, and as Hebrews chapter 10 talks about, push one another and stirring up one another towards love and good deeds. So that's sort of like this very positive sort of accountability of what it means to live for Jesus, allowing Scripture to inform what that looks like for us. And so we would encourage people to deeply engage in that well, it's easy to follow your, the weekly Bible passage on your own, and it's easy to show up on a Sunday to sit through the teaching of God's word, but that third piece of, of working that out in a micro-community, a discipleship group, maybe that's not something that you have the opportunity to do right now, and, so it, and that's because you're not in a discipleship group. So if there's any way that we could help you to get connected within a discipleship group, just shoot us an email, and we would love to help you get connected and find a way for you to get connected in a discipleship group so you can be engaging in scripture uh, with other people in this way that is, that is so important to our Christian lives. But as we move forward, the state and the county announced last week, and I was happy to see that the county followed suit, but uh, that everything, it appears, is gonna be opening up to full capacity on June 15th. Uh, yeah, we're excited about that. Even, I mean, it's kind of weird, the, the quick reversal, and we mentioned this last week, but there's not, there's not apparently everything's opening up to full capacity. No social distancing. That all starts again on June 15th and including no masks for those who are fully vaccinated. And so uh, the plan right now is to sort of follow that process and we have to wait until June 15th to be able to fully be in that. But our chairs will be set up differently. Um, all the health protocols will shift in accordance with the state and county guidelines and we're excited about that. Connected to that, we announced last week that June 20th, so June 15th is, I think, is a Tuesday. That's when the state opens up and the county opens up. June 20th is the following Sunday. That will actually be the last Sunday that we are live streaming uh, our services and we'll shift our focus back exclusively to the in-person gathering. And so we're doing this because the case rate is so low right now, and so this is, we believe this is a reasonable step to take. Um, the vaccine is readily available for anyone that wants it. Um, the, the, and and the, the, not everyone realizes this, but the, the live stream also takes up a lot of human resources that we could utilize elsewhere. And then just the reality that, you know, the fact that the, the, the live stream is, um, you know, not what it means to be a part of a church. To catch a live stream every Sunday is not what it means to be integrated and as part of a, of a spiritual family. And so um, the Bible calls us to more than just watching a service on a screen, and then that's how we wanna encourage people as well. So some people have asked, well, what about kids? And I mentioned earlier that we don't have kids' ministry. We're unable to have children's ministry right now. So I would say, especially to like, families that might be at home right now, which I totally understand, my wife and my kids are at home right now, both my daughters are sick, and so the live stream is a thing for them right now, for sure, but I would just say that... Um, for families at home or whatever, uh, you can bring your kids here. And if they squawk and scream and yell and all that kind of stuff, we're totally cool with it, right? We cool with that? We're okay? We're not gonna be high maintenance and weird and give people the stink eye for for their baby making noise? We're totally okay with that. We're a family, right? We're totally okay with that. And so while we apologize and we don't think it's awesome that we can't have children's ministry, we want all of our families and those that might be at home right now to know that you are welcome here with your screaming children. And we love you and your screaming children. And as a father, I totally get it. And every parent gets it. And so we even have that. Other side of the building there, those doors, those sliding doors are kept open. You know, and if you come here and your kid gets a little unruly and crazy, you can just, you know, take him over to the other side of the building so they can get the wiggles out, whatever. Um, but we're happy. You know, you feel free to, to wander over that way if that helps. It makes it easier for you. Now we recognize that you know um, when we've had a children's ministry and then we don't have it anymore. This is not exactly what you were hoping for. Uh, and I know with my kids, like every three seconds, my, my kid has a question for me or you know wants me to you know take the cap off the marker for her or whatever it might be. And so it's difficult. I I totally get it. But here's what I would say: It's important for the church family to gather together. And we just want to know that our families, we want you all to know, if you're watching at home, that you guys are important to us, and you're welcome to be here, and we want you here. So that's something that's really, really important to us. So, you know, just to wrap up here, while we've taken a hit this year, we're hopeful about the future. You know, it's been a rough year, but we're optimistic and hopeful about what we're becoming and we have had to realign and readdress some things, and we even made some changes on the leadership level with the church to help us move forward. Um, a lot of people have moved away from our church community during the last, you know, 12 plus months, but there's also new people that have become a part of our church and. And uh, we're excited about that, and so we're going to be announcing Discover Collective uh, coming up soon, which is an introduction and an overview of Collective Church for those that want to find out a little bit more about us. And that's also going to be a part of the mission membership process as well, which will be a big part of our discipleship and equipping efforts. And then ministry, uh, ministry uh, regional ministry <clears throat> is taking place. We have, so across the west side, we've broken it up into five different regions and, and ministry is happening. That's the primary way that, that ministry happens throughout the west side. And we've broken the, the west side into five regions and each region has sort of a, a small ministry team that helps to stoke and stir up and cultivate ministry opportunities in that region to make sure that we're connecting with people well, caring for people well and pointing people towards opportunities to grow in- their relationship with Jesus and to grow in their faith. But aside from all of that, it's not about what, just ha- what is just happening inside collective. The mission hasn't changed. The purpose for which we planted the church five and a half years ago still remains the same. And uh, we are compelled uh, by the mission to continue to have a presence here on the west side as embedded missionaries seeking to reach people and make disciples. At this stage in the game, we've got to be really, really careful, especially if you're old school and we're here in the beginning. We've got to really be really, really careful that we don't slide into a sense of, like, you know, just becoming passive and, and, and just sort of going through the motions. We need to keep that fire that the church was planted to reach people and make disciples, and that will benefit you and it will benefit others as we share the message of Jesus with people. So the mission has not changed. And so I wanna sort of recall everyone back to why we're even a part of this and what it means to be a part of the church. Chris Wright, who's an author, he said it's not so much that the church has a mission in the world, but that the mission has a church in the world. It's the reason why we exist. And so that has not changed and that will never change. And then in addition to that, uh, we mentioned uh, about a month ago or two maybe that we've partnered and entered into a long-term relationship with a church, a new church getting established in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the Over the Rhine neighborhood, if you are familiar with the area. But this is a long-term commitment to, to see them thriving in that neighborhood and coming alongside them. And we'll be giving more information about that in the coming weeks and introducing you guys to them in new ways. But the call at this time... Is to uh, make this the kind of church that you want it to be. Just as we prayed last week at the at the at the prayer night, like what 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 do we want to make this church out to be? And 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 so so I'm calling people to engage at all levels with our Sunday gatherings. Make it a priority. Um, rearrange your schedule around it. Let's gather together as a family, and as we do, let's intensely. Uh, study the word of God and and ask for Jesus to speak to us and and look to the Holy Spirit to to work at the heart level in our lives. I would call you to love people by serving them in any capacity you can, whether that's formally here on uh, a Sunday by helping to uh, serve and facilitate our services or even just practically throughout the week. Let's be a community that's marked by love. I would call you to engage in neighborhood dinners Not because they are the most riveting things that ever happened, but they are opportunities for us to build relationships with one another. And I'm still amazed when I hear people talk about you know, because as a pastor, I know a lot of people, I guess, in the church. But there are still people, even though we're not a very big church, there are still people in our church that don't know other people, and they've both been a part of our church for a long time. And so, like, I don't think there's any case where everybody knows everybody. And even if you do, there's an opportunity to build up that relationship, and neighborhood dinners are a part of that. Neighborhood dinners are also the opportunity for us to engage in mission. I mentioned that earlier. There are contexts where they're just social gatherings and just these dinners that happen every other week, where they happen, in, in most cases, in local parks, where we can just kind of invite people. Linda, to kind of hang out and, and, and share a meal together. Or prayer nights that happen monthly, that's another th- way that we can engage. And then, you know, in giving, which I mentioned, I mentioned our finances earlier, help us to get to a healthier place and help us invest in other causes as we, as we partner with other community organizations and we invest in church planting and things like that. And then I would say lastly and most obviously, um, make the most of sort of this series. The series that we're going through right now is called Collective Again. It's our series as we come through the pandemic. And we're sort of going through Ephesians, looking at that from sort of a collective standpoint, seeing how uh, all that is communicated there is being communicated to a group. And so it's the opportunity for us to sort of answer that question. What And this is the question we've been asking, who and what are we going to be on the other side of this? What is the church that we're becoming? And so to sort of as we go through this series, don't just like, okay, cool, I went to church, and we went through a, a part of Ephesians together, and then you just go on with your life, but allow it to sit and let it to, um, Siri is talking to me. You can stop talking to me now, Siri. Maybe Siri is telling me to get off the stage, and I will in just a second. But take these things to heart, and like sort of like wrestle through all that stuff within, in your discipleship groups, and, and, and we're continuing in that um, this morning. And So engage in scripture together, and, and just think about how we can move from individualism to collectivism.